Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. It is now time for Mind Your Business. Now, the more uncertain the world seems to be, the more important it is for companies to engage in future-proving. That's what we're talking about. This is because corporate success depends on one's preparedness for future disruptions. Therefore, future readiness is a source of reliance for companies. Now, IMD's future readiness indicator is designed to measure a company's readiness for deep, long-term secular trends. They They use a rule-based methodology to arrive at a composite score for each company, enabling them to identify industry leaders, which will assist them to investigate the behaviors and attitudes of specific companies. The latest edition of this study, Nike, Google, and Roach topped the global rankings in their respective industries. So we'll find out more about this year's indicator from Howard Yu, who is a professor of management and innovation, head IMD Center for Future Readiness. Good morning, Professor. Good morning. Great to be here. Thanks a lot for this. I would like to talk about the IMD Future Readiness Indicator 2022. Let's talk a little bit about the aim of the survey. Who was surveyed? What were some of the interesting findings for you? Well, what we find is the whole landscape really has shifted as the pandemic has retreated and we're talking about looming recession. So it is, like you said, it is much more of an uncertain economic environment. And what we're seeing is future-ready company these days, you have to have a diversified portfolio of businesses, geographical market. This is one way for you to hatch business risk. And this is why you talk about Google and Roche as well as Nike are top of the list because this is the underlying theme across them. Mm. You also focused on some largest pharma and tech companies as well. What did you find with regard to the pharma industry? Right. So, I mean, pharmaceutical company probably is one of these sectors which would become recession-proof because healthcare spending never would get curtailed because of economic crisis. Uh, since our last subprime mortgages in 2008, you actually see global healthcare expenditure actually rose as a result. So we foresee in 2023 or 2024, pharmaceutical company in terms of economic, they won't get a hit. But what they suffer right now is a reputational crisis. We all felt like pharmaceutical companies, they've been forging prices, they're a monopolistic behavior. And so what they're suffering right now, if there's any crisis, is more of around reputation ethical. And so what we have been calculating also is whether these organizations is able to put purpose in the center core for growth. Mm, that's a very interesting observation when you also consider the younger generation that comes out that always looks for purpose mm. in just about any company they want to be yes. associated with. Absolutely. I mean, purpose is really important. And in the past, we kind of talk about purpose and ESG, right? Environment, social and governance. That's like charity. But these days, we see a huge importance when a company is adherence to ESG, putting purpose in the center core of businesses. They attract customer. They attract the talent of the younger generation. As a result, investors actually see them as a stronger growth prospect going forward. So right now, it's all stars aligned. You have to be a good corporate citizen to drive growth to become future ready. Social media doesn't help as well. Professor, I'm curious, if we were to look at Mm. some of the respective industries, what were some of the companies that topped global rankings? What stood out for you? 
What stood out to me is, you know, as we said earlier, the recession is looming. So the diversifier of businesses is really important, which means that over the long run, organizations really need to pursue good quality of growth. It's very, very easy for CEO and executive to pursue easy growth during good time. <laughs> Matter and Facebook yeah. is a prime example, right? Yes. And so when time is good, you need to pursue quality of growth. Wow, it would be an interesting question if I were to ask, is Facebook future pretty? <laughs> oh dear. I mean, Facebook you saw in the ranking is not doing great and it has been dropping all along. And what this is a story of illustrating, you know, when your platform is not clean enough, mm. when you actually forget about future customers, you lose touch with future consumer and pursue easy growth for too long, in the end, you would be end up at a burning platform. So Metaverse for Facebook is a burning platform. They have one shot to get it right. Mm. And the odd for success is actually quite slim, as we see now. Is it fair to say that they perform much worse than expected? Were you already anticipating such a performance when you consider the factors that people want to look at, you know, the ethics performance, you know, how open they are as a company and things like that? Right. So for the longest time, Matter isn't ranked too high on our mm. ranking. And, and and so even despite a good time during the pandemic, right, um, they've been accused for data scandal and problem with ESG, the share price never go up, uh, never drop. Mm. But in our ranking, because we use a balanced scorecard approach, we don't just look at share price, but we look at ESG performance, we look at new innovation. So they are not the top among the tech giant. And once the economic environment turn around and Apple changes privacy setting, then matter really plunge as a result. So there are leading indicators you could see along the way. And in a way, Mark Zuckerberg has been postponing the problem for too long. Mm, I see. Professor, I'm curious. And on that note, were there any other companies that came as a surprise? For example, a company that you thought was going to do well, Mm -hmm. but ended up doing badly? Well, you know, remember a few years ago, everyone, when they talk about innovation, they go visit Netflix, they go visit Spotify, right? (laughs) These are innovation powerhouse. And what we see is as the pandemic have retreated, any company that are unicorn or, you know, having killer app is not sufficient. And Netflix and Spotify, in many ways, they are single product companies. And so they plunge dramatically because, you know, people are starting to go out and it's no longer enough just to having one single portfolio or one single product. A compare and contrast with Microsoft, right, is a much more diversified portfolio. So in a way, it showcases just because the market is hot on one thing is not enough to see whether a company is future ready. Mm. You really do require a balanced scorecard approach to assess companies. Okay, to confuse the thesis a little bit more, Professor, so future ready is one thing, but does it mean that, okay, my company is purpose-driven, but not necessarily ESG compliant? Does that create a problem, especially for this survey? So what we take into account for the ESG is you're right because there are so many different ways of assessing ESG and there is no standard reporting at this stage. So what we're doing is we take into account all the reportage, but at the same time looking at media controversy. But we also take into measures things like board diversity and also materiality to arrive in more objective measure. So I would say when a company put purpose into center for growth, usually they would reflect better on ESG. But again, 
goodwill washing is not enough. Green washing is not enough these days. In fact, the financial market could also tell whether a company is just doing PR versus doing something for real. Mm, that's so true. Professor, what about China's situation? They have for a while now have mm. had all these regulatory crackdowns and right. it seems right. to be reshaping the tech landscape. Quite interesting, even uh, EduTech for that matter. Do you see this as a case of something leading to something bigger or are we in a situation where China is, is set to lose more to US, the, the big US tech industry? Right. So what we're seeing is the sort of the dropping or decline of Chinese tech giant in our global ranking. Companies such as Tencent and Alibaba, like you said, because are subject to um, the China internal crackdown. But more importantly is how China going forward could overcome this potentially technological decoupling. Most and foremost is the semiconductor shortages, because in many ways it is the ultimate brain of AI and we'll see whether China could navigate um, this very strong embargo in terms of advanced chipset going forward and also semiconductor manufacturing equipment Um, because if that is going to continue to become a stranglehold on the chipset supply inside China, then it has a much broader implication in terms of all the tech giants because they couldn't get access to the latest and most advanced technology. And, and so, so that would be one area I would pay most attention to is whether China can continue to get access to NVIDIA and TSMC or there would be stronger restriction going forward in the coming year in 2023. Mm, That's a real key indicator you mentioned there, Professor. I suppose my next question is slightly more of an opinion question, Professor. You talked about how purpose-driven companies, ESG compliant. You also talked about how it's important for companies to have that diversity, right, in terms of the portfolio. Does this mean, you know, especially with this scorecard, that you can no longer say that there is a type of business that's recession-proof anymore? Like even the luxury business tend to suffer these days. Right. Um, So in many ways, uh, (laughs) this is the funny thing about competition. You don't need to be absolutely genius in order to win. You just need to be two steps or one inch above your competitor, then you're king. So you're thinking about, you know, in the global apparel industry, you have Nike and Lululemon, which top of our list. And then you have company that slides quite a bit like Under Armour and Gaps and so on. And in the end, what makes Lululemon or Nike more successful than others? Well, they are better in e-commerce, omni-channel, direct-to-consumer relationship. Mm. I mean, these are nothing new, right? This is something that executives have been talking about for a decade. But it's just that Lululemon and Nike pay more attention to this and they work hard step by step along the way. Effort spanning generation of CEOs. So this to me is the most valuable lesson learned that any executive, any manager can make their company or their own business slightly more future ready because you know what needs to get done. But you just need to persist one step at a time every day throughout the years. Then when crisis hit, you became. Others were for sure. I suppose another way, and this is uh, to back up what you've just said, Professor, would be perhaps to establish better partnerships. I mean, what are your thoughts on this, especially, you know, going into the new year? 
that businesses could consider. That's right. Yeah, I mean, we saw that both in technologies all the way to our previous ranking in the financial sector, that partnership is absolutely key because in the end, we are living in a world of frenemies. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> your competitors, your enemies, sometimes they're friends. And, you know, no one, particularly in recession, like you said, no one could expand in infinitely into capital expenditure. You need to scale back and you need to prioritize. And there are stuff that you need to let go. In those gaps, you need to forge partnership as a result. Um, so, so I think strategic partnership coalition becomes even more important going forward in 2023. The key is you make sure those partnership is digital in nature so that it's easy to do, simple, doesn't require a lot of manual process. Right. Make sure your partnerships are more digital in nature. That's an interesting piece to take with us uh, from this conversation. I've been speaking with Howard Yu, who is Professor of Management and Innovation, head IMD Center for Future Readiness. Professor, I appreciate your time this morning. Take care and have a great day ahead. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.